Welcome back to the podcast where we're reading the books and spilling the tea. I'm Mar. And I'm Sadie. And this is the Novelty Podcast. (laughs) And honestly, you guys, spooky season has got us. Spooky season. <sighs> we were not prepared for spooky season. Got me. This is like Vlogmas. You know when like people try to do Vlogmas and like they barely make it yes. out? That was us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we barely made it out of Vlogmas. And honestly, that's why this episode is delayed. That's why we, it, did <sighs> yes. not, it did not happen because <laughs> honestly, both of us were terrified reading this book. I literally messaged you and I was like, I had to stop reading it. Yeah. At night, because I was too scared. You know, it didn't scare me that much. <gasps> are you joking me? No. You, are you freaking kidding me? I literally told Joel, I was like, Mar is going to absolutely have my head because of you hate this kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't bother me. <laughs> now I think you're a serial killer. Honestly, when I might be a, no. She is I'm spooky. Spookier than the book. You did, why did this not bug you? Um, Do you I see me with my heels? That's how angry I am. Or like, I'm so shocked. I think it's because they caught him. What you do is not, oh, sorry. They caught him. But still. Yeah. There's I mean, like, so many cases in there where they didn't catch them. For sure. I mean, after a few days, yes, that's true. I feel like after, a few, like for a few days, I was telling Hunter, you better make sure you go lock all these doors because like we could be killed tonight. Oh, I literally was like, Joel, you are walking me to the bathroom and back. Like, yeah. No, I'm not going anywhere by myself. Well, your guys' apartment's spookier than my house, so like, I'll no, go with that. No, I actually thought the opposite. <gasps> really? I literally thought you were going to be upset because you're in a house and all these horrible things happen in like a one-story home and I'm in a four, like at the top. I didn't know that. That's why I thought you would hate me. I thought you'd hate me because literally this is like your worst nightmare. But I guess yes, actually all the stuff is- That is my worst nightmare. But at the same time, I feel like I would make it out alive in something like this. Can I, I be honest? I know, but I'm just like- That girl that ran away- and like her husband hid in the bushes or her boyfriend Okay, the guys, we need to Sorry. explain yeah, what book we're <laughs> Okay, so the book that we read is called Unmasked and it's My Life Solving America's Cold Cases. Yeah. And it's about this, uh, it's written by, okay, so this is actually technically not true crime. So- What? Yes. This is a- They were cases. Memoir. So oh. if you are going to categorize this book, it's a memoir slash biography. It's not a- True crime. Because I was actually thinking about that. There's like a lot of discussion around the ethics of true crime of like why, what come, what good comes from talking about true crime and looking at true crime. So I thought this was really, I was very curious to talk to you about this actually, because it's basically like for podcasts, like there are podcasts that specifically only do talk about true crime, the shows that, so like the one, um, what was the Ted Bundy one or not Ted Bundy? What was the? Was it Ted Bunny? He yeah. Doesn't he like to? He ate people. That one. So literally, <laughs> the show that one. That's, that's the one. one. The show that came out about him. There was all this discussion around the ethics of doing that. Uh, is it glorifying it? Basically, is it making? Because some of these people, they do what they do because they want the fame from it. So like yes. some of the killers in this book, they were doing it, and then they would turn themselves in because they needed to people to know it was them that did it. Yeah. So then there's a whole discussion around like, what is, is this ethical or not? Is this actually helping society or not making shows about this, writing books about this? So this guy specifically, I was curious why you thought he wrote the book. Like, um, why is he's a literal it? killer. Like I will. He's not. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. We did not read the same book. 
Okay. I, well, so he is not a killer. And the person we're talking about is the author. So the, the first off, the <laughs> author's name is Paul Hole. So he's a retired cold case investigator. And he spent 27 years working in San Francisco Bay Area. So he specifically specialized in cold cases and serial predator crimes. He was not a killer. You know, but this is, wouldn't it be the biggest plot twist <gasps> of all? Just like the silent patient. Okay. Where maybe the reason why some of these cases were so cold and he couldn't find all of them was maybe because he specifically took those cases because he knew he was the one who did them. Okay, but this is a real true yeah, I know, book. I know, I know. And so if that was the case, I would be genuinely terrified. But what? But- that is true. That is scary. He's just out there roaming. Yes. Don't come for me. <laughs> That's the one thing about through this podcast. If that person ever listened to us, like last time I told the silent patient guy that he was a psychotic, and you know, I was scared for a few days. Yeah, you should be. Like, <laughs> you should be. If you scared. call out an author in real life, I mean, I feel like, I don't know if he'd ever hear <gasps> You know what's what? crazy? Sorry. <laughs> After reading this book, there was a few times where, like, at nighttime, like, I already can't see that well. That's why I wear glasses, but then sometimes I don't wear them. I was looking outside. I was looking at the tree, and I swear I saw a man just standing next to the tree, like, staring into, like, the thing. And I did a double take, and he wasn't there. And so I was like, "Ah, is this good for me? I don't know. In the name of Jesus. Honestly, I genuinely was, like, I've been trying to, like, get back into, like, memorizing scripture because I did that as a kid a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really want to do it. Literally, I was like, okay. And I was, like, yeah. reciting all of my scripture literally in the middle of the night. But it is terrifying because, yeah. okay, backtrack. Okay, why do you think he wrote, <laughs> we're getting off track. Why do you think he wrote this? Like, why do you think he wrote this book? Because he's been doing this work for 27 years. It's his whole life. Like, the book starts out with how basically he's, ta- he's like, reflecting on his marriages because mm-hmm. his previous marriage with two kids ended. Yep. He's reflecting on both these marriages being, like, was it worth it? Like, my life spending it doing this kind of work. He's not sleeping. He's drinking a lot. Yeah. He's kind of, like, it's really getting to him. Yeah. And then he writes this book. So, basically, I think that maybe he could be writing it because he did not end the, his relationship very well off with his wife. And like his first marriage. And so maybe he was trying to let them have an insight of his mind and what he was going through. Because I really feel like witnessing something like this over and over again has to have trauma, which would make it hard to explain what you're going through. I feel like especially as a man in that time. And on top of that being like a crime investigator. That's what he was. No, he was a scientist. Well, no, he was a cold case investigator. So he did at the start of his career when he was like in his early 20s. He was doing like drug testing and alcohol testing. Then he moved into more of the criminal um, sciences. So he like moved into criminal. He was a criminologist, I think is literally what it's called. But he would like, wouldn't he like look at scenes and be like, oh, there's no way that this could be a murder because of. He would walk into the scenes. Yeah. And he would investigate. Yeah. So he had that type of knowledge in order to be able to mm -hmm, see that stuff. mm -hmm. But it's just like, I feel like that could be a reason or maybe even part of it is like. Just like the guys who wanted to turn themselves in of like knowing the work, like he solved a very big case. What was it like Georgia State Killer? The Golden State Killer. Wow. California. <laughs> the Golden State Georgia, Killer. Georgia, baby, watch My out. Bad. No, literally, yeah. But maybe he wanted people to know the process of that because it was also years. So like, I don't know, maybe people were interested. Yeah. I was, yeah, it made me wonder because honestly, reading this book, I... I'm not sure I'm glad I read it only because I twofold. I had like two thoughts the whole time I was reading this book. The first was that I wish I'd never known some of these details. I wish I'd never had some of these things in my mind because they just weren't before. Like some of these things that happened in this book, I literally hope 
I never just think about it again. I wish my brain was wiped from it because I don't want to think about it. The other side of my brain was thinking about how I'm so grateful for people that do this kind of work. Like he literally spent 27 years of his life doing a job that are, is keeping people safe, but then also helping people find answers for what's happened to like their family members or their friends, like, mm-hmm. and giving them closure. And so I was thinking, I'm like, I am grateful to read this book in, a, in the sense that it just kind of opened your mind to like a whole side of people's lives that you would never see. Like yeah. I never spent my time thinking about, there's like people who are going around in the world studying murders and serial killers, investigators, yeah. like investigations. And I don't have to do that. Like yeah. this person's doing that. And that makes me feel better. But he's retired now. Yeah. So Hopefully there's more people on the job. There's more people on the job, but I don't know about like that are like him because he was. I mean, I feel like you can hear there's a lot of people that like night and day, like it just over. That's why one thing I was like, is it a good, like, yes, it's good that we have this, but also like, where is the support in for like what? their mental stability? Oh my gosh. Like for him? Yeah. That's such a good point. Like for a night and day for it to consume you like that, that's like OCD on another level. He literally says the thought of good people suffering drives me for better or worse to the point of obsession. Yeah. So literally that's like why his first marriage fell apart was because he literally became, he he was so obsessed that he could not have a conversation. He couldn't think, he couldn't like get through a family meal. Yeah. His wife would be also, talking to him. I don't and, know if they were that good of a match in the first place. I don't think so. Because he said they got married young and they got married because they were comfortable with each other, which is never really a good reason to get no. married. And on top of that, he said like they never talked about like his passions because they didn't share the same passions. Right. And so I was like, I think that could be very hard whether it was consuming you or not to not be able to share what you love and share your job with your family without the other well, person being like, you know. who would want to hear about his job? Well, to his be honest. Wife, his second wife, because she was in it. But then she finally got over it. So his second wife, his name was, uh, her name was Sherry, and yeah. he met her on the job. So yeah. he literally met her. He was like, this is amazing. We're both criminologists. We both are working in this field of work, this line of work. And so she's not going to be grossed out by all these like horrific details and these like really terrible things that happened. Like I can talk to her about yeah. it. But then when they had two kids, she eventually wanted to stay home with them. She wanted to raise them. So she stayed home. I don't know if she home. wanted to. It sounded like. Really? To me, it sounded like he was a breadwinner. And so like someone had to stay home and he wasn't going to do mm. it. I read like, it as she, she said that like, she loved her right. job. That's why I was like shocked when she wanted to stay home. Yeah, so I'm not sure if like I I, want, I feel like that's not the truth. Maybe I feel like he, he didn't put want it a re- certain way. Yeah, mm. but I was just like, mm, this woman was right alongside you for the ride, right? And like was that was her career. You think she really wanted to quit that? Like I'm not sure. Well, remember, so he when he kind of got um, so as the book goes on, basically he. Starts when he's young, starts when he's like getting married and then he moves through these jobs, moves through the ranks. So he's like higher up. So when he meets Sherry, second wife, he's like in a position of higher authority than she is in, in the job. Yeah. And so remember literally they were getting all these dirty looks and stuff when they, they were secretly dating for a really long time. Yes. And then how it got- Oh, ex- that's why she got fired. Mm-hmm. She got fired. It got exposed because he like stopped by her place and just unannounced. Oh, yeah. And then there well, was he a, had a key. He had a key. And there was all the family, like a bunch of people from work in there. Yeah. And everyone just got super quiet. They're like, wait, because he just walked in like yeah. with a key. And so then they try to like play it off. But then, yes, she literally it got so uncomfortable for her at work because everyone thought that she was being favored. Like, yeah. He was favor- what favoring. Favoring her. Yeah. Favoring her. 
giving her like yes, giving her the treatment. best cases. Even though he said he's like, I literally give her the cold cases that nobody wants. Yes, like I make her work night shift. Like I went out of my way to show that I was not showing favoritism. Yes. But also, you know, what? I feel like he like they could have planned that better. Like be on your feet, you know. Like if he right. walks in, don't be like, oh, he like he has a key because you could have just been like the door was unlocked and you told me to come drop this off. Like hi guys, I knew yes. you'd be here. He so good to see you. He ya. was not quick with it. Not yeah. at all. And then just be like, I'll see you guys at work or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. is that, or even sat down and act like you were supposed to be there. Be like, oh, she invited me last minute right. like, as a work <gasps> thing. Mark. Like, like I'm, You're I'm good. not that like, am I a good liar? <laughs> I, that's something to be proud of. But I'm like, scared. you know. But literally, so yeah, so she, she, he, she just had the worst of it all, honestly, because she gets married to this guy and literally, but she knew she was drawn to that as well in him, right? Like he's passionate. He loves what he does. They both have the same shared interest, but then- I think she did start to see though some of like his obsessiveness. Like yeah. he could not like turn it off when he got home. She would be like, "You're doing it again." Like he's going into his own world. Like doesn't. I'm not sure if it really bothered her the same way it bothered the first wife, since she kind of understood it. Like I feel she like she took up her level, sewing though. Did you notice that? Oh yeah. He said like, "Oh, at nights that she started sewing." I was like, "Okay, I like to sew and have hobbies. I do not do that every night." Yeah. Like I was kind of like, so he's like, "Oh yeah, she's good now because she sews at night." Yeah. And I was like, um. Do you two talk ever? Sounds like like no. It sounded like no. And so he even says like, he says, my work was never a job. It was a calling my purpose as vital to me as air and water. So like this guy, I almost feel like it's, I literally told Joel, I was like, I feel like it's selfish of him to get married. I feel like it was selfish of him to get married. I think so too. Cause it's like, I think it's so great. Like if you're called to something, that's great. But not every person is called to be married. Like I think like that could very well be his soul and purpose. And it's like, sometimes when you get married, you have to be, you have to be willing to put your career aside and like your marriage has to come first. And if you're not willing to do that, it's like, well, they don't trap somebody in there when they could be with someone who is willing to do that. Like that, yeah. That is kind of selfish, but it's also like people want it all. People want to be loved. People want to have a family. People want, and I think that's, I heard this the other day. It's like, we were not designed to have it all where it's like, well, even like, even now, like kind of toxicity of like feminism and don't come for me, a feminist Queens. Um, Cause I'm not a feminist. Let me tell you that. Wait, you are not? No. Wait, what do you think a feminist mean? Because I feel like it's very negative and it's gone from like, let, let's empower women so they can do what men can do. But now it's been on to the other side. It's like, well, now we don't even need men anymore. Okay. And it's like, I think- there's a very negative mm-hmm. side to it now where I'm like, we're getting this wrong. Because no matter what you want to say, a lot of women are like, we can even have babies without you. No, we can't. <laughs> I don't know who told you that. See, to but me, we can't. To me, that's like the not the root of feminism. Like, I agree with that. But I would say I am a feminist, but I don't. I agree with what you're saying. Like, but you know, so the crazy. women that I go feel the so same extreme. way with like Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Where it's like yeah. that might not have been the root of it, but you can't help but that organization you can't help but the feminism as an organization has changed 100 that might not have been where how it was supposed to go but it's changed yes. and that's that's how it looks now and you know right. and so for me i'm just like oh man like you know what also i am still bitter about the fact that like i gotta have a job but- like screw you guys who fought for that like i've been seeing in social media women wanting to just go back to the roots of like wanting to learn how to cook like there's a generation i feel like missed out on that on like how do you cook how do you make bread See, from trash how do you get some eggs just, and some chickens yeah, <laughs> i was just thinking about that because my mom like taught us all those skills so like literally i can like sew and bake and like do the very i, I don't mm-hmm. know like 
very cottage core things. Yeah. But I would say that to me, that's like, yeah. It's not, a rarity now. It is a rarity, but I'm, I'm even like bringing it back to like the feminist idea. I would agree with you that I think the worst thing that you can do is kind of like generalize and yeah. so be like, well, we men suck. No, yeah. obviously no. And yeah. so I do think like that's totally gone off the rails. Yeah. But, but like just all, like we did. Yeah. What are we, we talking about? Well, because we're talking about how like he wanted it all. Oh, and, oh, like, oh yes. <laughs> I, the other day I, I heard that like I don't think anybody was designed to actually have it all because you can't do everything at a hundred percent. And now in society they put that on you. Like as women, this was a woman, oh that was she saying as a comedian. She's like, I've decided to marry my career and everyone laughed and she's like, Well, because I don't want it all. Y'all trying to tell me I I can have it all. She's like, I don't want to be a mother and a wife and cleaning up after four people in diapers and then also coming to my job and doing a career, but then also having to be perfect for society. She's like, I don't want to do it all. She's like, so I'm going to take one lane and I'm going to have a career. And it's just like, I, yeah, we were not meant to be stretched that thin. And I do think it's like, not that you can't do more than one thing because we do more than one thing, but like there's just this pull inside of me that lately that's like, hmm, what if I just did one thing. How crazy. Like, I want a flip phone. Oh, What's flip happening phone. to me? A flip phone. You see, here's the thing. I would say, yes, I would say we cannot have it all. I think that's the whole point of like when they're the stay at home mom era of like, there's literally one person has to stay home to watch the kids, right? Yeah. Somebody's got to watch them. And the Although, fact that they pay someone else to watch my kids but won't pay me to watch my own kids. You love that one. I do because <laughs> they're saying it's a job. If you're saying that I have to pay right. someone no, it to is. come and watch me, it you're is a saying job. it's a job. It is a job. That someone deserves hardworking money to take care of children. And here I am doing it every day. And ain't nobody paying me. But and people like, well, Mark, you ask for children. Mark, it's like, okay. It's a gift and a joy. I'm just <laughs> No, it is crazy. I pay think, me, I'll stay home. Yes. And that's why I think he like should not have gotten married because yes. I feel like literally <laughs> Mars like bring that back. I really did try to bring that back <laughs> in. Love that segue. But literally, it's like I don't think he should have gotten married because I feel like he genuinely knew this about himself. He knew he was obsessive. He knew he was just so like he would have conversations. His wife would be talking to him. And she would literally stop him and go, like, you're talking about a case right now. He's yeah. like, she's like, you're literally not talking to me. You're not listening yeah. at all. And he would, he would talk at her. Yes. And he would literally come home and then he would like sit down, turn on the TV and just sit there. But he wasn't watching the TV. He was thinking about his cases, but he just like did that so that he could kind of like have a reason to sit. And I just feel like he should not have gotten married because I'm like, you like, yes, everyone deserves to pursue love and find or maybe someone have that kids. Right. Well, get, maybe you could have gotten married. I just she feel like loved, it's a loveless marriage, though. Well, but I feel like at the beginning with him and Sherry, her name was Sherry. The first wife? Second. Sherry's the second Sherry, yeah. like she loved her job and they loved being together because they were talking about their job. I feel like if she never would have lost her job or even if she started working somewhere else, but they didn't have kids, they would have been still like, oh, what cases are you working on? Well, you, you know, like I feel like that vibe would have still been there. Yeah. But then you bring another life into it and it's like you can't help but have to give everything, you know, to keep yes. that life alive. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I Yeah. He just, so basically Paul Holes, he's like, like we've been talking about, criminologist. He just, this whole book is about going in on detailed on his cases, right? He's like telling you 
what he spent his life doing. Because honestly, he, when he reflects on his family life, he missed it. He yeah. missed his kids growing up. He missed moments with his wife. Like it is kind of sad to read. It is. But then at the same time, you see all the work he's done. And so that's why I kept feeling like going back and forth of like, I am so grateful people like this exist and people have these passions and these just like hyper fixations on keeping others people safe and yeah. finding answers. Like I do think that that is not everybody has that. Yeah. Some people have more of that like just fixatedness, but not people don't people don't have that fixatedness on this kind of subject, yeah. which is creepy. Like literally, I think the thing I hated about this book was like the detail. Oh, it yeah. was too much for me. Yeah. Like I literally was like I don't know why we need this detail, but I think he's being, he's kind of like reporting to you. Yeah. He's like, this is a case. This is what happened to the little girl. And this is how we found her. This is yep. a, like everything, like all the details. And I was like, ah, la, la, la. I could not. Like yeah. it was so graphic. And it was just really hard for me. But basically he was talking about how four of the cities in California, so like where he worked, were on the FBI's list of California's 100 most dangerous places. Jeez. So literally he's like working on I didn't know. I'm like, I want to move to California one day. Like, oh, I literally yeah. do. And now I'm like, oh, I'm scared. But this whole book is basically his journey to eventually get the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I didn't know this was a thing. Really? I had never heard of the Golden State <gasps> Killer. Okay. And also, he's weird. Oh, okay. If you guys you don't give know. Detail? I'm just going to read a little. If you guys don't know, the Golden State Killer is the masked madman who had raped and murdered his way up and down the state of California and never been caught. So he basically been doing this for 20 years and then his, his attacks just stopped in 1986 and it was over 40 years more resources had been pumped into trying to solve that case than any other in California history. Yeah. Like this guy was terrorizing cities and families. Like people were moving out of their city and their hometown like area because mm -hmm. of killings and rapings and murders that happened. Honestly, I would have done that too. Like I know that's oh, 100%. sad, but it's like, I'd rather have my life than like stay in my hometown. Oh, this was happening. Actually, there was really, really sad. Literally last year, there was the tiny town that my brother, like two of my brothers live in. They went to college. Like my oldest brother went to college there. And then my youngest brother is going to college there. And literally 15 minutes, 10 minutes from them, someone broke in and it was a house of like four college students and they like killed one <gasps> of the college students while the other ones were sleeping there. It was horrific. No, yes. I hate and that. And they had not found him. Like, I don't know what, where the case is at at all. So people were literally, it was college. It was right before fall break. People were leaving. The colleges were like, I can't sleep classes. I told about this before. Yeah, it was, That's crazy. It was so creepy. And I mean, it's a tiny, tiny town. So yeah. like, you know, everybody like, that, and that's what I think was really hard for them. It was like, and everybody, all the college students, everybody in that town was like, people didn't lock their doors. Like you just dropped in and brought food. Like it was Trust that was kind broken. Of, mm -hmm. And so that's how you know it must have been an outsider. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't know because a lot of the see, cases like, in here, it was like literally people that were oh, yeah, normal like, neighborhood people. What blew my mind okay. is that this man, the Golden State Killer, yep. he was just living in plain sight. Oh, tell us about him. Tell the, tell, the, tell the listeners about him a little. So about him, I don't remember much, but I will say this. He was bald. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture. So basically, basically, he would like sneak into houses. Oh, okay, well, don't tell. Oh, oh, sorry. Not that. Really? It's spooky season. I won't give detail. Okay, don't give detail. Basically, the thing that creeped me out about the one detail I will share about what he would do is that he would go in there and he would like blindfold the women, right? And what he would do is he would say, I swear I'm only here to take your money. 
I'm only here to take your money. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. And then there was this one time a woman, like her daughter walked in. And this is a real thing, a real thing. A real case. Yeah. A real case where she like walked in. She was seven years old. And she, her mom, like oh, who was tied up, could hear, her, could hear her daughter coming in. And she was like, please, please don't hurt my daughter. Like, like, please don't do that. And he goes, he ties her up and sits, ties up the daughter, puts her down next to um, her mother who's tied up first. And he goes, I'm not going to hurt you guys. Like, I'm just here to take your money. Like, just whatever. And then he's like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going to take your money, whatever. And so, like, they're sitting there for, like, 10 minutes and they don't hear anything. Ugh. They don't hear anything. And the, the girl, like, the mom's like, goes to the girl, like, are you okay? And she goes, shh, like, he tells him to be quiet, whatever. And then she could, after that, she felt like she could hear somebody breathing. And that's oh, when, and then right. like, you could hear him coming forward, like taking his belt off and we'll leave it there. But basically like he had been standing there the whole entire time watching them while they thought he was gone. And like, it's like he wanted to see them squirm. Yes. He wanted to see them terrorize. Yeah. And then something weird about how he would put dishes on their back. What the freak was yeah. that? No, he, he would do that because he basically was like, if you move and I hear this, then he would threaten to kill someone else in the house. Basically. Oh my psychotic. Yeah. Genuinely actually psychotic. Like if he would literally was like, if I hear these dishes move, then this is going to happen. He would detail something extremely You know what's terrifying. crazy though is that like he was going to do that anyways. Oh yeah. No, I, and that's what, so basically, spoiler alert, Paul Holes got him. Yeah. He got this guy. Through Literally, DNA testing. Yep. Which is crazy, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Like, because back then, like the reason why they were having such a hard time catching him was like they had, they didn't have like the testing for DNA yet, so they had his DNA because in the beginning he was like sloppy with some of his cases, but they had nothing to test it. They had nothing to be like this is him, right. this is you know. And so the, by the time that came along, like they it was like a long process. Oh yeah, it was years because I mean his the killing stopped in eighty six, and so then there was so much technical development that happened after that. Yeah, and. It was it was actually pretty cool to hear that they were able to go back in some of these cases yeah. and solve them because of modern technology. Now, yeah. like all the advances that had happened, they were able, and I thought that was actually cool how they would go and get some of the old evidence. And to me, that gave me more faith in like our system a little bit where I was like, wow, they actually had saved it and categorized it well, preserved yes. it well, that they could actually go back and get samples off of it to then test it and then solve some of these cases. Because one of the things I kind of didn't think about that this book made me ponder more was how victims aren't ever really healed until there's some finality. And I know that makes, like, that sounds obvious, but you talked about one of the cases, how they, all the families, like, that had been victimized of, like, one of their sisters was killed or their, like, it was Even the one women, woman that survived. Mm -hmm, they would go to the hearing to keep, to, like, testify against him, to keep him in jail. This is not the Golden State Killer, you guys. This is a different one. Yeah. But they would go to the hearing every certain number of years to testify to keep him in custody. And I was thinking how horrifying that is. You, you have to keep retelling. You have to reliving it. You have to relive it to keep him behind bars. Yeah. Because then I was, that also made me think about like the people that are defense attorneys and lawyers. How do they ethically and morally defend somebody? Like how does he ever get 
hire someone to defend him, to try and get him more time, it's like just, to reduce I, his sentence. Yeah, and like all the shows you can watch and all the real life lawyer stuff and they talk about it, it's like, it's like that's my job. They're like, it doesn't matter if I believe him. And I've seen some lawyers literally say like on a uh, interview, they're like, sometimes I don't even ask for the details because I don't want to know if they're actually in the wrong or not. She's like, they, they say that they just go in there and they're like, I'm going to assume that you're innocent and I'm going to fight for your innocence whether you are or not. Like that's how they sleep at night. Yeah, I I was just, yeah, I don't know how you'd sleep at night to be honest because I was like- I'd be think- scared because sometimes if they, it goes wrong, they'll come back and like have somebody kill their lawyer. Yeah. Have you heard of stuff like yes. that? Yes, oh yeah. I could never, because I used to want to be a lawyer. Really? Yes, and everyone used to tell Mark me- Mark said, I, I want to really, argue for a living. That's what someone told me. They're like, you thought to argue you should be a, la- a lawyer. And I actually looked into it. And the one thing that got me was like, because this is my biggest fear. I was like, I could not be defending somebody no. that was not innocent. And then like, they tried to kill me. Oh, oh, not even that. She's like, if you, you cannot come for me. You cannot yeah, get me. I'm not dying. Yeah, no way. No, I, I definitely think that that made me really, it just brought up so many different things. Again, that I would not be thinking about how I read this book, but I just, like, there's just so much description of these cases that I couldn't handle. Like, and that's why I understand his wives where they were like, they would come home and he would want to talk about his work, his passion, like the mm. thing that just filled him up. And they were like, no. Yeah, I they do don't not want to hear that. Like, yeah. which I mean, as a parent, how would how could you hear that? Like, ugh, I just can't. So I think that was really, really a hard aspect of reading this book. But then I did appreciate like the things it made me think about. Yeah. Like there are a lot. So there's a couple, like, I just was curious because this book, they show lots of like pictures of him and like he really kind of shows you. If you are even slightly interested in this field, like this is a great book for you to read because mm-hmm. he really does like go in the ins and outs of what it takes to do this job. But did it make you ever want to do a job like this or be a detective or like work in any way in this field? There were a lot of moments in my life where I thought I would be a police officer. Okay. And there's a lot of moments in my life where I thought I would do like criminal justice okay. investigation, yep. which is really funny because my dad was a state police officer mm-hmm. and I wanted to do the whole investigating thing. But I just know as a person, even though I feel like I would be good at it because I'm really good at putting pieces together. For some reason, I see things before other people might see them. I knew that it wouldn't be healthy for me because I'm not the person that can handle walking home after that or someone yep. following me. Like, Because I just think that stuff is heightened in your life mm-hmm. when you are around it. Like... I feel like you're putting yourself in danger and it's not something that I was willing to do. So I think it's a very interesting job and somebody needs to do it. But I was like, it cannot be me. I Yeah, because I thought the same thing. I was like, there's absolutely no way I could do this job yeah. and go home because it really does change how you view the world. It changes yeah. how you, it takes away such a level of innocence and naivety. And I guess like obviously age does that, right? Living more does that, experiencing more hurtful, harmful things in the world. It will do that to you. It opens your eyes to like the hard parts of like living in a broken world where people do evil things and get away with it. And people do hurtful things and sometimes they get caught and sometimes they don't get caught and we're left to pick up the pieces. But I think like it just... I was thinking the same thing where you mentioned earlier, like who, what are we doing to protect these people in their minds who are doing this job? Because he, his life is like ruined. He will like wake up all the time from nightmares. He's like literally heavily, heavily drinking at the end of this, or at the start of the book, I guess, when he's like reflecting back over it. I don't know if he mentioned anything at the end of it, but he just, his life, it seems like is just not fulfilled and not joyful. Like, because he is, 
he's writing this book at the end of his career because he's yeah. finally could talk about it. So then he's like reflecting over it. I'm like, what do you, what, how do you get over this? Like, how do you ever like go on? I'm not sure if you do, you know, but especially the fact that like now that his career is over, that's why he's reflecting on his life so much. Is like, he's got nothing to go home to. Right. And that's like, it's like you Ooh. have, that's why it's like, you got to choose. Yeah. But he basically kind of talks about all throughout the book, he's showing you different cases. And his big thing is the cold case, which is obviously a criminal investigation that stopped because there's no clues. They can't figure out anything. So that it literally gets filed away yeah. because they can't do anything, which honestly is like so scary that there are just some cases out there that are just never going to be solved. And, but that's why he just has such an affinity for those cases. He has an obsession. He has to solve them. So the Golden State Killer was earlier called the ear. It was like the East Area Rapist is what they called him. So they tracked him oh, for, yeah. Yeah, for a long time. And, he was creepy too. Oh, same dude. Yeah, they like put yeah, him together because yeah. literally it's like the fact that they were able to use DNA to then they were the Link. same person. Mm-hmm. They had two different names, but they were the same person. Yep. Because he switched up how he did something. Oh. So they're like, oh, maybe it's not the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's just like. And they uh. couldn't link any of the cases. And so the more, though, unfortunately, he went on and kept killing, they were able to start linking those cases. And then because of DNA testing, they linked the ear guy, the East Area Rapist, his um, killings with the Golden State Killer. And yeah. then they finally were like, oh, my gosh, it's the same person yeah and it's just like it's so i think it's so fascinating and it's really he does a good job i would say of describing how like how he does his job yeah but again like i just don't know if i would recommend this i wouldn't um do you ever wonder why the golden state killer stopped killing no i didn't because it's like he just stopped. Yeah. It's like it's like he felt like it was a career, I feel like, mm. and it's the end of his career because he got older. And then he also had a family. That's what, yeah, that's what is absolutely, it drives him insane. Like Paul Holes, he was saying the same thing of like, some of these people will just stop and then they'll go on to have normal lives. Normal lives. And like have a family, have a job, like just go back to life. It just shows you that there's something that's really wrong. Something is really going on um, in someone's heart, in someone's mind. Like they're missing something. And sometimes it's like that love factor. Because to me, the fact that a lot of people stopped when they found love and they felt mm. whole about something, you like they stopped going out and looking for something. You know, I mm. feel like that's like murderers, like... You're looking for something, you know, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay. Let's just say that. We all know the answer. But no, I just think, what would you, so this is obviously his memoir. This is him like looking over his whole life and just showing people, this is what I did with my whole life. Like not a lot of people got to see what he did. Not a lot of people knew what he was doing because he couldn't talk about it, right? Yeah. Could, I mean, obviously you don't want to talk about it, but so many of these investigations were ongoing. And obviously the Golden State Killer, him solving that was like the biggest, like answered prayer, I feel like for so, so, so many families and friends. And like, just knowing that that person was now like five bars, he's done. Like he, they got him is so relieving. But so if you were writing a memoir, I'm curious what, moments would you definitely make sure like we're in there like I want to know like kind of ending on like a more happier and then what scene would you choose to be your opener like your exciting opener (gasps) like like a sneak peek type of like like like, um first chapter first chapter like first little bit wow 
How would you well, memoirs? Start? Okay. Basically, I think for the beginning of my memoir, I feel like you got to start at the beginning of where you started. Oh. So I'd be like, I was born. She said day one. I, I was saw born air. I breathed the story Because I feel like in my story, like there's a lot of like restoration that happens mm-hmm. to get me where I am now. But I think definitely like the big thing that I would put in there is like, if you guys don't know, I'm a new youth pastor. Yes, ma'am. And it's just, it's my dream job. And so I think I would start with the fact that like, I am a mother, not only to my own kids, but to many. And I would want it to be around that. Cause that's my goal. I love that. Like I want, I met someone at my church the other day. Shout out, you know who you are. She probably won't listen to this, but they're older okay. and they're a beautiful couple. And I went to a, um, a camp and all these kids were just like, you were just pouring blessings over them and praying Aww. over them and being like, you guys were a rock in my life. And like so many kids had been affected by the fact that they were a mother and father to kids mm. that weren't even their own. And I was just like, that's who I want to be when I'm older to where I've got 16 year olds around me praying over me and being so grateful that I was in their life. Like, that's who I want to be. I want to be a mother to all, you know, like, and so it's a like- A mother for the people. A mother for the- Mother <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> like, that's who she is. Like, that's what we, that's starting right there. First liner, Mother Teresa and Mother Mar are the okay. same person. <laughs> I feel like you'd have a lot of, lot of people that would have a problem with that. <laughs> They'd be like, Mariah. People call me Mama Mar. All my kids call well, me that's that. That's very sweet. I it like that. Sweet. I don't, I don't think you could say though that you, you can't take Mother Teresa's name from wow. her. You can't. But you can be Mother Mar. I love that for I you. am Mother Teresa. Yeah. That was okay. good. <laughs> she goes, surprise, surprise. It's me. I'm unzipping it. It's me. <laughs> wow. You would probably feel so crazy this whole time you've been on a podcast with Mother Teresa. I would because she's dead. I would literally be oh, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Anyways, wait, wait a second. But what would you do in like your memoir? I don't even know, honestly. I feel like... An upcoming writer. Ooh. Y'all, Sadie's going to write books one day. She's going to be publishing them. She's going to be... It's crazy. I am. I'm going to be working in literature. It's happening. I'm going to be publishing books. She's I'm a amazing. business woman. I'm really going to. You should start your own like publishing company. Is that what it's called? Publishing, publishing company? Yeah. yeah, you should do that. There's a lot. Do you just think of the printers? That. Like, what is that? No. <laughs> we can talk about that offline. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> I just we can printer here if you want. We'll get this bad boy started. We'll write a book, print it out, and send it out. Like, well. she's like, boom, boom, done. That yeah, is we're it. Done. We're good. No, I don't know. I think like I liked how he basically talked about where he was at now, and then went like ref- then started from the beginning. So I think it would be something like that because yeah. I do feel like I would have I would totally be in a posture if I wrote a memoir at twenty. Yeah. Also, I literally am almost 27. And I told Joel the other day, I was like, I was like, I'm 27. He's like, no, you're not. You're 26. I was like, oh, you're right. I was like, oh my gosh, that's dumb. I forgot. And then I literally was like, well, I'm more 27 than I am 26. And he goes, girl math. How? Thank girl you. Girl math. Because I was like, you are. You are basically 27. Thank you. Because literally I was like, he's like, how does that work? You're literally not 27 yet. When you're 27, you can say you're more 27 than you are 26. I was like, no, no. I, in two months, I'm going to be 27. Oh. It, I'm more 27 than 26. And he was like, Is your birthday, not. Is your birthday December 18th? Six. Oh, what? Eighth. Goodbye. Ah, she doesn't even know. So I got points there, bro. I do I, not I know my. I an eight in it. I'm telling Dang. you, I, I'm not a birthday girly. So I literally could not tell you. December 8th is when I was born. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, you guys, if you got this far, comment girl math in yeah. this. Uh, this. Wait, like, comment that is your girl math. Yeah, like, what is your girl math? Because honestly, that genuinely made sense to me. I was like, no, that yeah. Is, that is so obvious. Yes. Like, and he literally was like, it absolutely 
cannot be true because you are not 27. You can't be more of something that you're not. And I was like, yes, I you're more 27 am. Than 20, like, you're closer to 27 than you are 26. And that's what I like meant by being like, I'm more 27. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, absolutely not. Do you realize when you turn 27, it's like you're actually going, you're, it's not that you are on your 27th year of living. It's actually that you're on your 28th year of living and you just finish your 27th right. year. Yes, because literally so you're, you when you're born. So you are actually more 27. You you're on your 27th year right now. Girl, math. You are 27. You. You're completing I, the 27th year. I am 27. I'm 47. Honestly, if I wanted to be. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just well, kidding. I'm 60, so. Okay. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. <laughs> but, okay, you guys. This book, in wrapping up, I just wanted to leave it on a happier note because we, and we truly didn't go into that much detail because it is so incredibly graphic and specific. And I appreciate that it is real. Like I appreciate learning about this man's job. I appreciate learning that the things that he did to keep us safe. I think it's like, again, people like him, I feel like are rare and they're for a reason. Like, but this book, I just don't know if I could ever recommend it genuinely unless someone's like, I want to be a forensic scientist or I want to be a criminologist. And I'd be like, great, read this book. Yeah. Anybody else, I don't know if I could ever recommend it. Yeah. Not because it's bad writing, not because, but just, I'm like, it's so. I don't know if it's good for your soul. I don't even know. It's not. Honestly, I, last Saturday was when I like was reading this, like finishing reading this. It was sunny out. It was gorgeous. And I was literally having the creepy crawly feelings all day. Yeah. And I was like, I hate that this is ruining this perfect day yeah. because I'm reading this creepy book. Yeah. So we don't recommend, but like you are a good writer. We will say that. Yes. He's an incredible writer. Good storyteller. Like I would say the quality of this book is like one of the better ones. I, like It makes him a good writer because you felt like you were there, but I also hate that it made it feel like you were there. Oh, 100%. That's why I was like, he's a killer. Oh, he was in the well, minds of them. Well, and that's, again, another thing I was thinking about was like he, how he talked about he's so good at his job because he would drive to the sites and then he would put himself in the mindset of what yeah. happened. So he was trying to understand these people. He was trying to understand their motives, what they were feeling. So he would like get in that mindset. How do you separate the two? Well, and that's what he even reflected on it himself in the book. He was like, I left the site and had this feeling of like, what if that ever... Like me putting myself in the mindset of a killer, like does that because mean what I what if I am the golden well, state no, killer? Stop. Because I am the golden oh, state okay. killer. No, but his mind he but he reflected on that himself. He was yeah. like, What would that happen? Like, would that happen to me? And then he like had this whole moment where he's like, Well, the fact that I even worried about it means yeah, that I'm not you don't because got the guts yeah, for he's it. like, I'm scared that that would happen. I don't want that to happen. So but yeah, I just feel like it's just a little creepy crawly. I would not recommend it. I, as It's extremely good memoir and biography. Like if yeah. you would categorize, I would say it's up there. It's really well written. It's very well detailed. Like it is, again, such an interesting look into like what people do that we don't know about a lot yeah. of. At least I didn't, but. Yeah. But just so you know, the Golden State Killer has been killed. No. <laughs> <laughs> Caster, my bad. He's been caught. He's been caught. He's got. He's been got. Do you he's think he's on death row? I don't know. Do you believe in death row? Absolutely not. I Neither think, do I. No, absolutely not. I think it was- God, I was murdering a murderer. The, like, what? What? Was, what I thought was crazy is that California reinstated it. Like, they at one point took away death row and then reinstated it. And to me, that's crazy that showing where our culture and, like, society is at where they would go back. Because I don't believe I, I no matter what someone's done- 
we ever have the right to yeah. take away someone's life. That is not your right. That That's the whole reason why they're in jail is because they didn't have the right to take away somebody's life. Exactly. And I, but I empathize so much because I don't know like what that horrific feeling is of being a family member, being, being a sibling, being someone that might have voted on that to reinstate it of being like, no, I want them gone. Like but I, I think like I, this is going to be hard to hear, but yeah. I've been through hard things myself. I think when you reach the point of like, I would want them, I want them dead. There's more that you got to yes. be working through on yourself. Cause it's like, yes, I, that, that could be a very, like, we could understand. There's a very you feel human feeling yes. to be like, I want them gone. Like what they did yes. to me and my family, my friend, whoever. Yeah. But I, yeah, I but agree. But it's like, them being behind bars, like they're never going to hurt anybody ever again. Yeah. And they're honestly, most times they'll get worse treatment in there than they would you just taking their life. And so it's like, if it's really is about revenge, you know, it's like, you might want to keep them in there. Right. You know, well, like. And I do think it's just, I, you, we don't have the right because the minute we think we have the right to end somebody's existence. Yes. Then I think we're all screwed up as far as like what we then are able to do ethically, morally with people. Yeah. Like, because genuinely, if you believe you have an actual reason and a right to do that and say that someone deserves that and then act on that, yeah. then your priorities of what you think you can do and treat how you can treat other people, I think are skewed. Yeah. But again, I don't like, I empathize and understand where people are coming from with yeah, that. It's a feeling from your flesh. Yeah. For sure. I think anybody, like if that happened to me, I'd probably think the same thing. But it's like, an, and then you really got to check yourself. Of and like, you're suffering more, honestly, you like because you are carrying that for life. And then also, then you have to live with the fact that you did that to somebody. Like, yeah. you know, I, mean, some I, people, yeah. I think some people just don't really don't care though. Yeah. And I think that's just like, it just shows that a lot of people are lost because hurt people hurt people. Right. And we think that just because someone did something to us, that's what I've been learning lately this past week is like, just because someone did something to me gives me no right to do the same thing back. 100%. Wow. What a great way to end. But you guys, I hope you are is somewhat enjoying this spooky season. <laughs> um, we are not. Okay. <laughs> We're not. We're really not. We're both just two kind-hearted girlies that We're are built for We're this. ready to get back to some novels, some fun fluff, but we yeah. are gonna stick with it. Um, the next week we're doing something a little bit, it's a it's a novel, so it's not real. So if you are a little spooked, don't worry. We're going a different direction, but it's still within this realm. Yeah. Um well, a little hint would be maybe think of a very, very famous author mm. in this genre. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's all we'll, that's all we'll leave you with. Okay. You but we hope you guys are enjoying and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.